You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe, and he is all that. It is uh, Dan McGowan. Dan, let's start off. Uh, you mentioned it in Roadmap, the new tourism campaign that the state has rolled out. Yeah, John, I'm interested in your thoughts, too. I'm kind of into it. I, I sort of thought it was a little cute. I think it's a lot better than cooler and warmer, although the bar is obviously pretty low on that front. Um, so I think, like, my at first glance of it or at first listen and look, I, I kind of like it. I think it's interesting. I think it appeals to people, quite frankly, in my sort of age range, that 25 to 49 who – uh, who I think, uh, you know, grew up uh, maybe saying, the, you know, the phrase, all that, uh, watching the Nickelodeon show, all that. Um, you know, those are the people that are now kind of, kind of getting into the age range of potentially, uh, you know, having disposable income to go visit places, things like that. So I, I think it's a, you know, a, it's a good shot. I know these things are really hard and, and I'm always kind of, flabbergasted by the amount it costs to do these things this is like yeah. a four hundred and eighty thousand uh, dollar expense and you know it just it, it always seems interesting but then again i'm not a marketing expert if you know if you asked me to come up with a phrase i probably wouldn't be able to do it people would hate my ideas too so uh I, I, you know i'm preparing my my inbox i in roadmap this morning i asked people to um to send me, you know, slogans if they think they're a better, they have better ones. And I got, I think I already have fifty emails in my inbox. So, uh, getting lots of uh, feedback in terms of what you know people think uh, other kind of ways would be better, uh, you know, other phrases would be better. So, uh, but interest to me again, I, I'm not, I'm not willing to poo-poo it just yet. Yeah, I like it, and I'll tell you, I found it refreshing yesterday, just in light of the past few weeks and months. Of all the bad news we've had, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, it will get better, and the weather gets better, and and it was it was kind of a reminder of okay, this is why we slug it out. I was also very impressed in McGowan, the department head that rolled it out. You know, she was just so full of enthusiasm. Uh, the whole way they presented it was very professional. I I give them credit for it, and I think it was it was needed as like a boost between that and the PC win. It it kind of gives us hope. Um, <laughs> You're totally right. Uh, I think I might be more cynical this morning if they if PC choked away the game last night. Yeah, Dan McGowan, <laughs> touch on you wrote a column about um, the number of retirements in the the Providence schools, and I'd like you to talk about that a little bit because it's 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 I think it is you I think it is something to pay attention to. It is, you know. So so in, uh, this is a, based off a of Brown University uh, study. They have a their education department is called the Annenberg Institute. They're pretty nationally renowned. They do a lot of, you know, look at school reform and, and things like that. And uh, they've been monitoring the Providence schools for a really long time, um, really, you know, especially since the, the state takeover. And they've been monitoring, you know, teacher residents. Because you listen to, to the, like, you listen to teachers in Providence, they say COVID has almost nothing to do with it other than maybe like increased stress levels. It's just, we hate, we, you know, we hate the district leadership. We hate the commissioner and uh, you know, we're so overworked and so stressed and so tired of being beaten up and things like that. And then, you know, on the flip side of this, the, um, you know, the, the, certainly the state would say like, oh, well, no, you know, COVID, a lot, every district in the country is dealing with teacher shortages, things like that. In, in, in the case of Providence, you ha you, you've seen the number of resignations. Now, that's different from retirements. With resignations often are people going to different school districts, but in, in many cases are also people leaving the business uh, or leaving the, you know, the profession and going to do something else. You've seen it double basically since the year before the pandemic. Um, you know, was it what, to, to, to not to, it was about 70 in the mid 70s to, uh, to 176 heading into. Uh, this is 176 heading into this school year. So big, big numbers that you've seen, um, uh, you know, in terms of those resignations. And what it is is you're seeing a lot of kind of early career teachers, first year teachers, uh, years two to four, steps two to four is what they call that. Um, you know, moving on, and that's a challenge for this district because one of the things that you know, if you t nobody likes, nobody ever likes to talk about 
the reality of, of, you know, what an aging workforce looks like. But I think with the takeover and with some of the kind of reform that the commission, the commissioner Infante Green and, and the superintendent wanted to implement, you know, as part of the takeover, I think they wanted really badly to bring in kind of a new wave of teachers who were going to look more like the students that they teach, who are going to maybe be a little more enthusiastic the way anybody is in their, you know, when they're young, starting out their careers. Um, and instead what you're seeing is, you know, a, a big, big number of, of those early career teachers actually kind of washing out of the workforce. Um, you know, I, I would attribute it to the two things. I, I, I There's no question the pandemic, you know, has been a challenge. It's been a mental health crisis for everybody in every profession, right? It's a, this is not unique at all to teaching. Um, but but I do think the takeover as well, it, it plays a role in it. Now, I'm of a little bit of disagreement with um, with the teachers. I think a lot, I think particularly the Providence Teachers Union specifically, I think have, you know, I, I've written this a million times, I think they've actively sought to obstruct, uh, the, the, you know, the the takeover. Yep. And I think that, um, you know, that means, like, yes, morale is down, but in some ways it's like, it's like a planned uh, reduction in, you know, decrease in morale. Because if you had a bunch of people who were really enthusiastic, well, then the teachers mean wouldn't look so powerful. Um, and so in some ways, you know, I think a lot of teachers, especially those young teachers who don't tend to get involved with, with union politics, right? If you're year one, year two, you know, year three of teaching in Providence or in any school district, that your first priority is not to get involved, you know, with with who the union president is. You probably don't care. You just want to become a teacher. You probably want to, you know, you're, you're probably getting into it for all the right reasons. Um, but I think that those teachers in some ways have been really, uh, were, have been really dragged down. They're not getting a lot. They, they don't feel like they're getting a lot of support both from their union, but also from, you know, the, the, the way the takeover has worked. So, uh, it's a real challenge. Now, now Annenberg, the, the, the Brown uh, Institute at Brown, they pour cold water on this. They kind of think, look, you know, it, it, it sounds bad, but it's not. It, it's kind of similar all over the country. In fact, in Providence, you are actually seeing applications go up. The challenge is, is that there's lots of people who aren't filling the job. So you, know, you see lots of applications, but people aren't qualified or, or, you know, if you're, if they're not good applications for jobs, well, that doesn't really matter, right? That, that's not as important as having quality applications. Um, and so I think it's a, it, it's just a challenge that you're going to see for a little while. Now, the, I suppose the good news is, you know, everybody harps on all these teacher vacancies. Well, at the same time, don't forget, Providence is a massive reduction in students the last couple of years. Right. So in, in some ways, there's going to be, you know, it's not that, oh, my God, there's all these vacancies. It's actually, you know, a lot of jobs that probably won't get filled um, because there's, no, there's actually not a need for all those teachers. But one pushback on that, of course, is. The, the vacancies do tend to be in the hard areas to teach, right? It's it's the sciences and the maths and the English learners. And so, you know, th that is an, a challenge that is, is somewhat unique to urban districts uh, and one that that, the, that Providence and the state basically are going to have to address because, again, th those English learner numbers are going up and up and up and, and, uh, and you need teachers to kind of fill those roles. Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge, especially this time of year. So much going on. They always have a nice crowd right there. Full bar, large dining area right there in the lounge. Easy to get to, whether it's lunch or dinner. A great meal is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Think of this, since 1994, that's right, celebrating the big anniversary this year, I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe, and he is all that. It is uh, Dan McGowan. Dan, let's start off. Uh, you mentioned it in Roadmap, the new tourism campaign that the state has rolled out. 
Yeah, I, John, I'm interested in your thoughts, too. I'm kind of into it. I, I sort of thought it was a little cute. I think it's a lot better than cooler and warmer, although the bar is obviously pretty low on that front. Um, so I think, like, my at first glance of it or at first listen and look, I, I kind of like it. I think it's interesting. I think it appeals to people, quite frankly, in my sort of age range, that 25 to 49 who – uh, who I think, uh, you know, grew up uh, maybe saying, the, you know, the phrase, all that, uh, watching the Nickelodeon show, all that. Um, and, you know, those are the people that are now kind of kind of getting into the age range of potentially, uh, you know, having disposable income to go visit places, things like that. So I, I think it's a, you know, it's a good shot. I know these things are really hard and, and I'm always kind of, flabbergasted by the amount it costs to do these things this is like yeah. a four hundred and eighty thousand dollar uh expense and you know it just it, it always seems to issue but then again i'm not a marketing expert if you know if you asked me to come up with a phrase i probably wouldn't be able to do it and people would hate my ideas too so uh I, I, you know i'm preparing my my inbox i had in roadmap this morning i asked people to um to send me, you know, slogans if they think they're a better, they have better ones. And I got, I think I already have fifty emails in my inbox. So, uh, getting lots of uh, feedback in terms of what you know people think uh, other kind of ways would be better, you know, other phrases would be better. So, uh, but interest to me again, I, I'm not, I'm not willing to poo-poo it just yet. Yeah, I like it, and I'll tell you, I found it refreshing yesterday, just in light of the past few weeks and months. Of all the bad news we've had, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, it will get better, and the weather gets better, and and it was it was kind of a reminder of okay, this is why we slug it out. I was also very impressed in McGowan, the department head that rolled it out. You know, she was just so full of enthusiasm. Uh, the whole way they presented it was very professional. I I give them credit for it, and I think it was it was needed as like a boost between that and the PC win. It it kind of gives us hope. Um, <laughs> You're totally right. Uh, I think I might be more cynical this morning if they if PC choked away the game last night. Yeah, Dean McGowan, <laughs> touch on you wrote a column about um, the number of retirements in the the Providence schools, and I'd like you to talk about that a little bit because it's 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 I think it is you I think it is something to pay attention to. It is, you know. So so in, uh, this is a, based off a of Brown University uh, study. They have a their education department is called the Annenberg Institute. They're pretty nationally renowned. They do a lot of, you know, look at school reform and, and things like that. And uh, they've been monitoring the Providence schools for a really long time, um, really, you know, especially since the, the state takeover. And they've been monitoring, you know, teacher residents. Because you listen to, to like, like, you listen to teachers in Providence, they say COVID has almost nothing to do with it other than maybe like increased stress levels. It's just, we hate, we, you know, we hate the district leadership. We hate the commissioner and uh, you know, we're so overworked and so stressed and so tired of being beaten up and things like that. And then, you know, on the flip side of this, the, um, you know, the, the, certainly the state would say like, Oh, well, no, you know, COVID a lot, every district in the country is dealing with teacher shortages, things like that. In, in, in the case of Providence, you have, you, you've seen the number of resignations. Now that's different from retirements with resignations often are people going to different school districts, but in, in many cases are also people leaving the business uh, or leaving the, you know, the profession and going to do something else. You've seen it double basically since the year before the pandemic, um, you know, was it what, to, to, to not to, for it was about 70 in the mid seventies to, uh, to 176 heading into, uh, this is 176 heading into this school year. So big, big numbers that you've seen, um, uh, you know, in terms of those resignations. And what it is, is you're seeing a lot of kind of early career teachers, first year teachers, uh, years two to four steps, two to four is what they call that. Um, you know, moving on. And that's a challenge for this district because one of the things that, you know, if you, t nobody likes, nobody ever likes to talk about the reality of, of, you know, what an aging workforce looks like. But I think with the takeover and with some of the kind of reform that the commission, the commissioner Infante Green and, and the superintendent wanted to implement, you know, as part of the takeover, I think they wanted 
really badly to bring in kind of a new wave of teachers who are going to look more like the students that they teach, who are going to maybe be a little more enthusiastic the way anybody is in their, you know, when they're young, starting out their careers. Um, and instead, what you're seeing is, you know, a, a big, big number of, of those early career teachers actually kind of washing out of the workforce. Um, you know, I, I would attribute it to the two things. I, 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 there's no question the pandemic, you know, has been a challenge. It's been a mental health crisis for everybody in every profession, right? It's, it's, it, this is not unique at all to teaching. Um, but, but I do think the takeover as well, it, it plays a role in it. Now, I'm a, of a little bit of disagreement with, um, with the teachers. I think a lot, I think particularly the Providence Teachers Union specifically, I think have, you know, I, I, I've written this a million times. I think they've actively sought to obstruct, uh, the, the, you know, the, the takeover. Yep. I think that, um, you know, that means like, yes, morale is down, but in some ways it's like, it's like a planned, uh, reduction in, you know, decrease in morale, because if you had a bunch of people who were really enthusiastic, well, then the teacher's team wouldn't look so powerful. Um, and so in some ways, you know, I think a lot of teachers, especially those young teachers who don't tend to get involved with, with union politics, right? If you're year one, year two, you know, year three of teaching in Providence or in any school district, that your first priority is not to get involved, you know, with with who the union president is. You probably don't care. You just want to become a teacher. You probably want to, you know, you're, you're probably getting into it for all the right reasons, Um but I think that those teachers in some ways have been really uh, have been really dragged down. They're not getting a lot. They, they don't feel like they're getting a lot of support both from their union, but also from, you know, the, the, the way the takeover has worked. So uh, it's a real challenge. Now, now Annenberg, the, the, the Brown uh, Institute at Brown, they pour cold water on this. They kind of think, look, you know, it, it, it sounds bad, but it's not, it, it's kind of similar all over the country. In fact, in Providence, you are actually seeing applications go up. The challenge is that there's lots of people who aren't filling the job. So you, know, you see lots of applications, but people aren't qualified or, or, you know, if you're, if they're not good applications for jobs, well, that doesn't really matter, right? That That's not as important as having quality applications. Um, and so I think it's a, it, it's just a challenge that you're going to see for a little while. Now, the, I suppose the good news is, you know, everybody harps on all these teacher vacancies. Well, at the same time, don't forget, Providence is a massive reduction in students the last couple of years. Right. And so in, in some ways, there's going to be, you know, it's not that, oh, my God, there's all these vacancies. It's actually, you know, a lot of jobs that probably won't get filled um, because there's no, there's actually not a need for all those teachers. But one pushback on that, of course, is, the, the vacancies do tend to be in the hard areas to teach, right? It's it's the sciences and the maths and the English learners. And so, you know, th that is an, a challenge that is, is somewhat unique to urban districts uh, and one that, that, the, that Providence and the state basically are going to have to address because, again, th those English learner numbers are going up and up and up and, and, uh, and you need teachers to kind of fill those roles. AEP Services, they take great pride in installing fences of all kinds, vinyl, wood, aluminum, chain link, experience, quality, integrity. Call AEP Services today for a quality fence, home or business, 401-228-7190, 401-228-7190. Residential fence, commercial fence, steel, wood guard, rail, they have it all. Beautiful aluminum product, decorative landscape. It adds a lot to it for your stunning property. Call the experts today, AEP Services, 401-228-7190. Residential or commercial, why not enjoy your backyard, a little privacy, or maybe keep a pet or young children inside. Remember, they also have fences. They're resilient, water-resistant. Call today, 401 228 7190 free quote AEP services the fence experts 401 228 7190 you're listening to the John DePietro show how bad 
is the immigration issue right now for the Biden campaign. It's a major issue. How serious is it? President Biden is looking possibility executive action to tighten asylum restrictions. And what you need to know about that is this is much like Governor McKee. There's a lot of power that comes with the office, whether it's governor or president. And Biden, who can't get right now anything done or passed in Congress, think how serious it is that he's thinking of taking executive action regarding asylum claims. Let's pick up the latest. George, while I'm told this morning President Biden is considering possibly taking executive action to impose tough new asylum restrictions, including possibly barring migrants from seeking asylum if they cross illegally between U.S. ports of entry. Now, I'm told the president is considering a wide range of options here. No final decisions have been made, but this does come, of course, after Republicans on the Hill under pressure from Donald Trump tanked a bipartisan border deal that included significant new restrictions and as president biden is eager to show voters that he is taking this issue seriously look republicans have seized on the chaos at the border turning it into a political liability for the president upping the pressure on biden to act but if he does impose this executive order it would echo a 2018 effort by then president trump to bar and block migrants it's something that democrats staunchly opposed at the time and that was blocked by the courts and if he does take this action it too would likely face legal challenges but even so politically it would give the president an opportunity to show that he is doing something to address this crisis while republicans mired in their own infighting have failed to do anything through legislation george now let's be very clear this is one of the problems that, and just so you understand, all they do is walk up and say, I want to seek asylum, and boom, they're automatically let in. They got rid of the Remain in Mexico policy. That's not a reason, by the way. I want to seek asylum. They just, anyone can say that. And let alone some of the people that are down there working with them, they just walk up and just say, I want to seek asylum, period. And then suddenly you're allowed in and you're considered a migrant. So when you hear about all these migrants, they're all coming in illegally. So what's the difference between someone that sneaks over the border right now, even if you sneak in and then say, I want to seek asylum, that you're treated the same. So at least that would be eliminated. But think about this. Let's just say someone in the, in the you know, heat of the dead of the night, they go over the, the border somewhere, Arizona, Texas, mainly Arizona, and they um, just sneak into the country and then they have a friend waiting for them or somehow, and then they go to their final destination. And then you have people that walk up and say, I want to seek asylum. And then they're put it in my mind. There's no difference. So they're not leaving a war torn country. Now that said, see how Biden is looking to address it. This is an issue all over the country and especially in blue states, specifically New York. It's a major issue. Chicago, Illinois, it's a major issue in, uh, well, I, all states, but especially blue states, Massachusetts, as you're seeing how much of a problem it is. But I want to come back to where are you not hearing about it here in Rhode Island? It needs to be talked about. They're coming in here. They are, in fact, living here. Rhode Island can't continue to function as a sanctuary state. And I'm going to continue to say that we need more people on the ball about this. This has to come to an end. But seemingly, now look at this. There's a major story involving uh, ICE letting out, upset, uh, ICE releasing, I should say, a press release, how upset they are about an illegal child molester let go. In Channel 10, supposedly the team you trust, they won't even do a segment on it. How is that possible? They did a quick blurb on it. But I mean, I want to credit Channel 12 has really... Uh, done some follow-up and set packages and now right now and it shouldn't be that way so i know many people you know wonder how is this allowed when you have the in channel 10 they are the number one news station television station number one news when you have them ignoring a situation like that what what does that tell you so and i i think they ignored it because they have their little segment connect to the capital with governor mckee and it shouldn't fall into play like that. As many of you know, it's a major problem. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be addressed. You can't just sweep it under the rug. And yet so many people want to do that. So but look at even Biden now wants to try to impose something that would 
go around it. That's how serious it is because he's not getting anything passed. Now, we also had uh, FBI's investigating potential terrorism threat. Listen to this. In one of the lavatories, and this morning, even the FBI is involved. This morning, the FBI investigating after a plane diverted because of an alleged bomb threat. A United Airlines flight from Newark to Los Angeles diverted to Chicago. A source telling ABC News the threat was found in one of the plane's bathrooms. When we landed, they told us um, that somebody had written a bomb threat on a mirror in a bathroom. Authorities swarming the plane on the tarmac, passengers getting off safely and loading onto buses. Incidents on planes have been making headlines recently. A United flight diverted Monday after the wing of the Boeing 757 started tearing apart mid-flight. Then there's that dramatic engine fire aboard a Boeing 747 cargo plane. And of course, that door plug flying off a 737 MAX 9 last month. Now this morning, a major shakeup at Boeing. The head of the 737 MAX program suddenly ousted and replaced. This is going to be an ongoing process as Boeing looks very carefully at all their methodologies to make sure that what happened with the Alaska jet never happens again. Boeing has been facing extreme spring after that door plug incident, the plug flying off an Alaska Airlines plane in midair, but incredibly, everyone survived. The NTSB believes four bolts designed to prevent that door plug from falling off the MAX 9s were never reinstalled at Boeing's factory in Renton, Washington, triggering major questions about Boeing's quality control. Now, while some of those other recent incidents were likely maintenance issues, even the Boeing CEO admits that the company has to earn the public's trust, Rob. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. All your oil needs, make it Henry Oil. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery call henry oil today fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery it's henry oil residential commercial fuel oil delivery since 1947 they also have budget plans service contracts lack lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass we got a long way to go with winter. Make sure that tank is filled. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, a local, family-run business since 1947 that you can depend on. For all your oil needs, call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Shoppa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Shoppa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island of Massachusetts, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shoppa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, one-stop insurance solutions. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Bill Ackman, he's a businessman. He is was very outspoken regarding the situation. Harvard, MIT, um widely respected i want i want you to just listen where he discusses now this is someone who you know i would say neither republican or democrat definitely lives in new york meaning i believe you know might lean dem but bill ackman who he's one of those people that because of 
social media because of Elon Musk. He's been granted a voice. CEO of Pershing Square, billionaire based in New York. Um, but I want you to listen to him summing up. I think this is excellent analysis of him talking about and saying out loud what a lot of people believe right now about President Biden. This is what it sounds I think like. He's done. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the country having him as a as a presidential candidate, let alone the president of the country. It's crazy. And it's just going to get worse and worse. And he should, you know, it, the worst of his legacy is his ego that prevents him from stepping aside. And that's it. It's his ego. And it is so wrong and so bad and so embarrassing uh, it, you know, you talk to people, I was in Europe, I was in uh, London a few days ago and people are like, Bill, it, how can this guy be a president? And, and it's a bit like, again, I go back to my business analogy. Being a CEO is like a full contact sport. Being president of the United States is like some combination of wrestling, marathon running, <laughs> you know, try being a triathlete. I mean, you got to be a, a serious physical shape and at the top of your game to represent this country. And he is a far cry from that, and it's just getting worse, and it's embarrassing. And I and he's got he cannot be. And by the way, every day he waits, he's handing the election uh, to Trump because it's harder and harder for an alternative candidate to surface. Now, Dean is the only candidate left on the Democratic side that can still win delegates. He's on the ballot in 42 states, uh, and the best way for Biden to step aside is for Dean to show well in Michigan. And so you think there is a path with the delegates and all that kind of stuff? 100%. So if he, if, if what has to happen is, what, New Hampshire, he went from zero uh, to 20% of the vote in, in 10 weeks with no name recognition. And, you know, I helped a little bit. Elon helped. We did a spaces for him. We had 350,000 people on the spaces, some originally 40,000 live or something, and then the, the rest after. Um, and then he was on the ground in New Hampshire. And New Hampshire is one of the states where you don't need to be registered to a party to vote for that candidate. So it's like jump ball. And he got 20%. And that's with a lot of independents and Democrats voting for Haley. Um, Haley, who I like and who I've supported, uh, does not look like she's going to make it. Uh, you know, Trump is really kind of running the table. And so vote for Haley as an independent in Michigan, maybe throw away your vote. I think it increases the likelihood that Dean can get those independent votes. If he, he could theoretically, again, he needs, he needs money. He could beat Biden in Michigan. Biden's doing very poorly in Michigan. His polls are terrible. The Muslim community is not happy with him. Uh, and uh, he really has spent no time there. And so if he's embarrassed in Michigan, it could be a catalyst for him withdrawing. Then Dean will get funding. If he wins michigan or shows well in michigan and people say he's viable he's the only choice we have he'll attract from the center he'll attract from people republicans who won't vote for trump of which they're a big percentage could be 60 percent or more it could be 70 percent won't vote for trump and also from uh the democrats so i think he's a really interesting candidate uh but we got to get the word out yeah i got a chance to chat with dean i really like him i really like him and i think uh the next president of the united states is going to have to meet and speak regularly with Zelensky, Putin, Netanyahu, with world leaders, and have some of the most historic conversations, agreements, negotiations. And I just don't see Biden doing that. No. Um, and not for uh, any reason but, uh, sadly, age. Yeah, I mean, th think about it this way. When Biden's in present now, you saw his recent impromptu press conference, which he did after the uh, special prosecutor, you know, report basically saying the guy was way past his prime. And then he confused the president of Mexico and the president of Egypt. So they're very careful when they roll him out and he's scripted and he's always reading from a lectern. Imagine the care they have in exposing him. And it, when they expose him, it's terrible. <laughs> okay. Imagine how bad it is for real. Um, so, it's not good. No, bad, really bad for America. And I'm upset with him and upset with his family. I'm upset with his wife. You know, this is the time where the people closest to you have to put their arms around you and say, you know, dad, you know, honey, <laughs> you've, you know, you've done your thing. Uh, this is going to be your legacy and it's not going to be a good one.
And by the way, the other thing to point out here is, and I have been pointing this out as of others, Biden is, I think, is done. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the country having him as a as a presidential candidate, let alone the president of the country. It's crazy. And it's just going to get worse. And Again, that is Bill Ackman. Excellent. Excellent. You can find him on X. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook It's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. So Governor McKee and uh, DOT Director Peter Alvidi, they had a uh, press briefing. And what they're going to do is they're going to add lanes to the Washington Bridge. So adding lanes, hoping, cutting travel time. Now they're going to go three lanes each side. But the lanes are going to be reduced right now. And this is, I think this is really important. Two of the travel lanes on each side will be reduced from 12 feet to 10 feet. That's very tight. And there's no room for error. Now, granted, the speed limit is going to be reduced. But I I find this proposal very, very dangerous. So let alone, in, you know, rain under normal conditions, whatever it may be. So let's pick it up. This is the latest, Channel 12. They feel they're going to reduce it to 40 miles per hour, but they're going to have more uh, vehicles going on it. deadline for that in-depth analysis report, so it could be released any day now within the next few weeks. However, as Rideout waits on that report to figure out whether or not they'll have to tear down the Washington Bridge, they're focusing on ways to help alleviate this traffic. It's been really crazy. Um, it's kind of been a nightmare, honestly. <laughs> Sam Hackinson lives off the 195 detour route in East Providence. And though she says times to get to her home have gone back to normal, traffic on the bridge has not. So I try to avoid the bridge as much as possible at this point. Rideout hopes to alleviate that traffic by adding two new bypass lanes on both directions of 195. It's expected to increase capacity on the bridge by 50%. Uh, we see this as a very positive step forward. Rideout will start working on these new lanes on Monday and does not expect any additional lane closures. All lanes will be narrowed down from 12 feet to 10 feet, except for a single 11-foot wide lane for trucks on the far right. The speed limit will also be reduced to 40 miles per hour, which Rideout hopes will prevent any wrecks that are known to cause traffic issues on 195. But if it does happen, Rideout says they'll have state troopers and tow trucks on standby 24-7. They'll very quickly be moved off the off the highway into safe zones that we're creating to create an off the highway location to move those uh, vehicles into and get them towed eventually from there and for the state police to be able to conduct their uh, questioning and, and anything else that goes on offline. Drivers are hopeful the new traffic pattern will work and the mayors of both Providence and East Providence agree. And I can only see this helping the situation. 12 News reporter Alex Torres-Perez joins us live from East Providence to tell us about the plan and what drivers are saying tonight. Alex? Well, the fact of the matter is, let's see, how to be fair here. Um, They realize they have to do something. And I, I guess the rationale, better to have more cars, more vehicles traveling at 40 miles per hour than the two lanes And then the people traveling a little bit faster. So in theory, that should work. In theory, that 
you know, the idea of that should work. The problem comes into how tight it's going to be, the slightest type of accident, whether it's nighttime, rain now. It's, it's my understanding it's going to take two months to implement this. So it's going to take two months to even get the these lanes set up this way. Um, so that brings you really into the spring. And, I mean, at, at this point, I, I'm not... I think it's very obvious. They're not sure what to do. And having this backup just doesn't work. So more vehicles, three lanes, and everyone going 35 to 40 miles an hour. It, it You know, it's... <laughs> It's still a problem the moment you run into an accident. I, I, would, I find it's going to be uh, very dicey. When you have roads set up that way, there's, there's, just, there's no room for error. And we know that that's just, not how, that's just not how it works. I mean, there are accidents now when people have the, the 12-feet lane. Now suddenly it's going to be really tight. Now it's a, it's a short period you know um it, it's not like it goes on endlessly for miles and miles so it's a relatively short ride and if if traffic is light then the people would have no problem so all in all i i think it it it's certainly you know certainly worth the shot the, the problem is how long it's going to take to try to implement this and then they're going to have tow trucks waiting on scene. But anytime there's any type of accident, it's, it's just, just going to be brutal. So I, um, I agree with the, the resident that they just try to avoid it. And that, that's not convenient. If you, if you can avoid it, you avoid it. The good news is for so many people that don't have to uh, go to that part of the state or deal with it. I mean, that's, that's really the way you want to try to operate with that because then otherwise it is um it just becomes really problematic for those there are some people that can't avoid it that have to deal with it so three lanes at 40 miles an hour instead of two lanes less tra uh more cars flowing through it sounds tight it sounds like there's going to be a lot of accidents no room for error at all they're going to try it folks you're listening to the john DePietro show do you need a good plumber i found the best plumber jmb plumbing call them today all your plumbing needs 401-743-9153 jmb plumbing they've been providing plumbing services for years skilled professionals stand behind their work guarantee you will be happy Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401-743-9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Check out DePietro.com. We have the story where ICE flagged someone that had been released out of court. Now, Governor McKee, I want to credit Channel 10, uh, excuse me, Channel 12. Channel 10 won't do the story uh i think because of an agreement they have with governor mckee but channel 12 is all over it and they have an update and the governor now is using uh what i believe is just a, a stall tactic that he uses but it has to do with this illegal that was released so let's give uh, credit channel 12 this is the story involving state senator jessica de la cruz let's pick it up we're um now they're getting reaction from the Governor name McKay. Of this suspect who is a Rhode Island who a Rhode Island judge released on bail last year despite opposition from prosecutors. Court documents show he is 38-year-old Manuel Garcia Della Cruz, and he is currently in ICE custody awaiting a hearing before a federal immigration judge. 
Governor Dan McKee responding for the first time after Attorney General Peter Narona and Senate Minority Leader Jessica De La Cruz both said the McKee administration needed to answer questions about the Manuel Garcia De La Cruz case. So we're working through the details on whether that's even an accurate scenario, right? On Friday, ICE leaders criticized Rhode Island officials for releasing De La Cruz when he posted bail last April, even though ICE had issued a detainer notice for him. The governor says the head of the Department of Public Safety, Rhode Island State Police Colonel Darnell Weaver, is still looking into what happened, hoping that in the next 48 hours he'll have a clearer picture of the sequence of events that led to Dela Cruz's release. And I would not speculate on anything until we hear that that actual uh, timeline, and then we'll uh, make comment on. Uh on any of the speculation that's going on right now, whether it's accurate or not. In 2014, then-Governor Lincoln Chafee set a new policy directing the Rhode Island Department of Corrections not to honor federal immigration detainers without a warrant. A department spokesperson tells 12 News the ACI, quote, still follows the principles and procedures established in that policy. But he went on to say that Dela Cruz was in the custody of the Rhode Island Division of Sheriffs when he was released following the judge's decision to grant bail. Now, the Department of Public Safety and the state judiciary have so far declined to comment. Live in studio, Lauren Brill, 12 News. Now, the fact of the matter is um, I'm more anxious to hear where Governor McKee is going to come out of this, meaning what, what is the governor going to say about the policy? And that policy needs to, it, it can't stay the way it is. So now I know there are various people that are trying to blame other people um, in the system but this comes down to i i want to see whether or not the governor is going to stand by this policy that chafee put in motion with it where they don't and we so far we have no reason to believe that he's not going to continue to abide by this chafee policy i think it's interesting the governor almost kind of um scoffs at the allegations that ice is making so as if he has disdain for them. Uh, they were clearly frustrated with what what took place here, and they have a reason to be. And when you think about it, I mean, they're a, a national agency, and they're not getting receiving, and they're not receiving cooperation w within f within the state. So think about that. Think how outrageous that is. I also, I think, you know, they, they, they totally overstepped their bounds. So, and Governor McKee, now he's directing his, uh, the state police. Now, I want to see how long this is going to take. Now, they're saying within 48 hours. Now, in the past, if Governor McKee said, oh, it's going to be a state police investigation, that meant, you know, good luck. Let's see how long this is going to get dragged out. But... He's, you know, he's saying within 48 hours, that brings us to maybe Friday they give the answer. Maybe it drags into the new week. But you didn't hear the governor talk about that he's outraged by it. You didn't hear Governor McKee saying that type of thing shouldn't happen. You didn't hear it. You know, you didn't hear anything like that. You didn't hear the governor saying, you know, we have to stop this type of thing. We have to protect children or nothing remotely close to that. And as I have it up on petro.com you know ice was was very outspoken this guy shouldn't have been let out that policy that chafee enacted Ramundo kept it it happened 10 years ago governor mckee if he chose to he could revoke that policy he could revoke that policy and say we're no longer going to follow that from now on we're going to do a b and c and or I know some people seem to say, well, you know, the legislature could, but notice the, the, the bully pulpit. Um, I'm a big believer in that. How is it used? How is the bully pulpit used? Meaning, how does he use the office of governor? You, now, don't hold your breath on Lieutenant Governor Matos stepping forward and saying, I think we need to uh, revise this policy. I mean, that clearly is not going to happen. But Governor McKee, all right, he says 48 hours. That should be, should be by the end of the week that we should get an idea of how this happened that someone with an ice detainer instead was released and i thought uh attorney general pina norona i thought his criticism of the governor i think it was right on the money 
Governor McKee, I know some people feel he gets blamed. You're in charge. You got to take charge. I think the job is too much for him, but let's see how this one plays out. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge, especially this time of year. So much going on. They always have a nice crowd right there. Full bar, large dining area right there in the lounge. Easy to get to, whether it's lunch or dinner. A great meal is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Think of this, since 1994. That's right, celebrating the big anniversary this year. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Propane Plus, call them today. Heating and cooling in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus you're listening to the john DePietro show folks i always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video it has links to on the scene live stream remember there's no vo- uh, vowel i it's D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, dpetro.com. You can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me. dpetro.com, log on, and then links to Facebook and YouTube, everything we have. It's all waiting for you right there at the website. For all your tree needs, call Yankee Tree today. The tree trimming experts in Lincoln call Yankee Tree at 401-439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, even bobcat service, you can depend on Yankee Tree. Remember, 24-7 emergency services available. They are fully insured, licensed arborists. Yankee Tree, with all these storms, don't let some dangerous branches fall onto your home or business. Call Yankee Tree today, 401-439-6028. The tree trimming experts in Lincoln, you can depend on Yankee Tree Service. Call them, 401-439-6028. Free quote, 24-7 emergency service, Yankee Tree Service. There when you need them, 401-439-6028. Check out tepetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, all our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at tepetro.com. 